guys, welcome back to another episode of Skilly Queens. We got to put that "Hey guys" on a shirt because that's like your that's like your your saying. It is, isn't it? Should I say <laughs> something else? She just oh. said it in it too. We're back, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Ash. I am a co-host of this podcast, and I'm joined today with uh, Shiashi and Maggie. We're so awkward every single time we do this. It's because you know. with our other podcasts, we are resilient. It's a little more, I wouldn't say scripted, but we have we have a way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And we have our notes and we, it's very like routine. And we have to be really intentional, you know, where this mm-hmm. one isn't so much. There's no intent here. We're just <laughs> rambling. Yep. Well, as you know, our, our you know, 13 listeners for Sealy Queens have probably guessed we were gone last week. Um, lots of going listeners. on. <laughs> you know they were all clamoring about where we were um no i just needed i don't know i was really tired so but we're back and i thought maybe before we get into what i wanted to talk about today maggie we could tell you a little bit about the skeely hunt yeah that we did it. yeah so we went to the Kunlati indian village for a skeely hunt and it's a fundraiser for their program and like I told Shashi, like, I can watch movies, scary movies. I can do haunted houses because you know they're not real. And you know that at some point something's going to jump out at you and scare you. And you have that just that jump effect, I guess, when people, you know, come out and scare you in a haunted house. But this one was a little bit different because we toured the place at night. Like, there was just the moonlight and there were little candles that lit the path. And the tour guides took us around to all these places in the village that workers actually had stories of things that happened to them or they seen there. And to me, that's a little more like, ooh, it's a little real. Like we went to the council house and they made us walk in there, walk around it, and then we had the to see it. Yeah, at the village. Like at the village. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, they have a, like a council house. Our actual council house. <laughs> no, it was all at the village. It's like a replica of oh, okay. like one of our villages from the 1800s. And we were sitting in the dark and like every home that we went into, it was dark and they would tell us about things that happened there. And it's like your mind can play tricks on you because you think you see it or you think you hear it or you're going to. And so like the fear factor was real because you're like, what if I do see something or what if I see or feel something? And I've talked about before how you can just feel it. And the village is one place that I do feel like something's there. It's hmm. it's an eerie feeling, even during the daytime when you go there. Now, and when she, Maggie, when she says it's dark, it's it's so dark, like you can't see like your hand in front of your face. It's that dark. Like, yeah, it's pitch black. Yeah, I mean, there's mm-hmm. no like homes or anything up there, so I could see that. You know, you're just like in the woods, right? Yeah. And uh, Ash left me to my own devices because I found out afterwards she didn't even open her eyes and half the stuff we were in there. <laughs> What? She 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 kept her eyes closed. I'm the only dummy in there with my eyes wide open trying to trying to see something. Yeah, and she wanted to go in every home, every building that they had, and I was like, oh no, I feel something. It was part of the experience. Well, I told you to go ahead and go on in, and you wouldn't go by yourself. <laughs> but I was like, mm I know something. I can. You know how you can just sense it, you feel it, and I don't know. I just yeah. and there's a reason why Osh like does track because she is fast. She done left me a few times 
And I'm like, we're supposed to stick together, but she, she was quick. And there was a couple times where I kept hearing like wrestling. And if you hear the audio recording at one point, I'm just like, there's a wrestling, I hear a wrestle. And I just said wrestle like 15 times because it scared me. It was going into, uh, was it the sweat lodge? Yeah. And, uh, I was like creeping in there. And next thing I knew, I heard something in there. It could have been like a, I don't know, a squirrel. I don't know, but it was a wrestling and scared the hell out of me. I took off. Well, it was at the same place. It was a home. And even after we left, people, because people worked there, like a lot of my friends grew up working at the village. Mm -hmm. And they had a a woman who worked there and she would cook lunch every day for the workers. They noticed one day that she started cooking earlier. And every day she would cook earlier than normal. And they they were like, why are you cooking earlier? Like, this is lunchtime and you're cooking too early. And she said, well, I got to feed the boy. And they're like, Mm. well, what boy? Like the boy that lives in that house, he still comes around. You just don't see him, but I see him and he comes around. And it was in that same house that was by the sweat lodge where they told us that little boy would look over the ledge from the top. It was in that same house and the woman used to cook for them. So, mm. in one of those houses, Maggie, there, there's the, like a little loft up top. So they were telling us about somebody peeking out from the top of it. So when you go in that house, it's like a little cut out square where people can climb into the loft and it's really creepy at night. I mean, it's creepy during the day, but at night it's even worse. So has anything like, has anything happened at the village? Like, is there like burial grounds or is there like anything that would. Oh, Ash, tell her about that cabin that you would not look at. She wouldn't even look at this cabin. Yeah. Cause I've heard multiple stories about it. Well, they tell you about it on that tour too. So how did Ash get around if she's not even opening her eyes or looking at anything? I mean, my eyes were closed the whole time. <laughs> just oh, <where> they, I, <laughs> it was just when we would go inside and they would be like look around in there and i was She's like, like no <laughs> at one point maggie we were holding hands like <laughs> walking ourselves through there but there's this cabin scary. that's that's in the garden and it is the same exact cabin that was I think it was always been there. And I don't even remember how many years ago. It's been hundreds of years. Um, the original floor is still there. They've only redone the sides because, of course, damage. And so they just mm-hmm. repaired them. But the floor and the frame is all original. It's, it's original house from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And this man and wa- woman lived there. But he was cheating on his wife with uh, her sister. And one night. Uh, he decided he was going to kill his wife so he could be with his lover. And in this exact same spot, like the man is over there. We're sitting in front of the cabin and the woman is in the doorway and the man is across the garden, across the little trail over in the woods, pulls out a gun and shoots the woman in the doorway. When he shoots her, he finds out it was his lover and not his wife. So he killed the wrong woman. And they say that even today, like you can go to that house and she, in the original place that she passed away is still there. And you can see her looking out of the window sometimes. Mm-hmm. And people have said they've seen her. And we went to that house and they told us the story. And I wouldn't even turn around and look at that house because I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. There's, mo- you're, there's no there's no light. It's just moonlight. It was already creepy enough. And then just hearing that and knowing that I could turn around and see that woman in that window, I was not going to look at that window. I just wasn't. Well, and what's even scary, he's telling us a story. And I was like, I was like, so you mean she died? She, like, she died. 
and the Dory right here that um and he shot her from over there. So I'm like right in this pathway, like I'm right in front of the door. Who was like, yes? I was like, why didn't you tell me this before you start telling me this story? How yeah. to move to the lift? It's like I can't do this. But yeah, and the cabin's like way out in the woods too. I mean, well, it's in the village, but it's out secluded by itself. So it's kind of this is creepy yeah. up there. So how and much then, of this do you think is like? your mind playing tricks on you though well every story that they told us were accounts from people that have worked there oh okay that worked there during the day during the summer they've seen stuff they felt stuff things like that and i have heard multiple stories outside of this tour just from friends who have worked there Mm. and family that i've worked there so i already knew going into this like there's just stuff that happens up here and because that many people aren't gonna lie about it make it up yeah and so all these stories are telling are accounts that employees have have given them and in some cases it's like an employee would see something but they wouldn't tell and another employee would see like kind of the same thing but wouldn't talk about it because they were like they're gonna think i'm crazy and then like it just keeps happening and they're like you know my mind's playing tricks on me or something but i keep seeing somebody walking around the the corner and they'd be like is it dressed like this does it look like this is it tall you know and they're like, yep, they were seeing the same thing, but would not talk to each other about it because they just thought they were seeing things. He did tell us about one story about a girl who worked there. Do you remember Shashi? Like she she felt it when she would go into that house, into one of the, the replica houses of our villages. And every time she would walk in and she would come out, she would have marks on her body. And she didn't know what they were from, like scratches or Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she didn't know what they were from because nothing happened for for her to have these scratches or bruises. Mm -hmm. And they just kept getting worse. And finally, she went to somebody and they told her that whatever's living in there is is attacking you and it's trying to attach to you. You need to do these things to cleanse yourself and and to to get it away from you kind of thing. Yeah. Then they're like, go on in there and have a look. (laughs) Yeah. After telling us this. I was like, no. (laughs) And I'm like, come on, Ash. I I was feeling bold, Maggie, because I had cedar all up in my shoes. Are you in your shoes? (laughs) I was told to put cedar in my shoes. So, you know, help keep the skeelies away. So that's what I did. (laughs) That sounds so uncomfortable. It, it It was a small price to pay to not be clawed on my way out. But it's funny because Ashka comes into this hunt with like all this previous knowledge from like people that she's known and heard stories, right? So she's already freaking out. You know, I'm like driving up to the village playing umbop in the car, have no idea what I'm walking into. Yeah, like I, just- got there, I got there early. I got there early. I walked around. I prayed. I did, <laughs> I did some stuff. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm ready. And then... <laughs> She rolls up and she's putting cedar in her shoes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> so if the skillers were to get anyone, it was going to be Shashi. Uh, I had cedar in my shoes, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good, though. I do. I would say go to it because it, it's, it really was good. You would enjoy it. I, I probably would not do it again. You know, it's like a one and done. I experienced it. You know, great, but it was it was scary. I will and then, just uh, take you guys' word for it. I will probably not do it. Maggie, did you watch that video? Um, the little audio video we made. Yes. 
because at the it was funny because at the end we were just trying to talk about the experience and we kept hearing stuff so like the whole video we keep stopping and looking over to our left we're like what was that what was that well I will say I will say there were two parts and one was like afterwards kind of funny and the second Mm -hmm. time I was like nope but the first time we we just (laughs) left the house in the garden so now we're walking in the woods like nothing but the moonlight to to guide us take flashlights he did have flashlights, but he would only shine it if we were going downstairs. Like, he didn't use it to light the way. We were walking, and there was Mishiyashi, the tour guide that was speaking, and then there were three people with us. And they were tour guides as well, and they just went as support and just kind of, uh, oh, yeah, I guess. Got a special tour. Yeah, like, they yeah. were there, to, I guess, to kind of run through it. Kind, I don't know. But they were there with us, which I'm glad they were. And every now and then, I'd be like, are we all here? Are we all here? Like when you're in the woods, you have to make sure you're all together. And we're walking through the woods and we're just kind of chit-chatting, like trying to get my mind off things of what I'm doing. And all of a sudden, we're walking down this path and I see a face, a white face, Mm. and I scream so loud. And I'm like, oh, shoot. You know, if I say something else. She did not say shoot. (laughs) Because it scared me. I know that I seen a face. And it was standing right there in the woods. It scared me. And what had happened was it was one of those guides. He was dressed in all black. He had long black hair. And all you could see was his face. And we got separated. They got lost. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> and they had God. cut They cut through the woods. And they were, I guess they realized we were coming. So they stopped. He stopped to wait on us. Mm-hmm. And as we got closer, that's when we seen him. And it scared me. Like I screamed. Yeah. I'll be honest. I peed a little bit. <laughs> it was awful yes and then so that happens and like it takes me a second because i'm like freaking out and then i start laughing because i realized what had happened and so then we start walking a little ways through and he starts telling us another story we're in the woods and he starts telling us his story right and it's kind of just like oh this is a kind of creepy story scary story and then he starts talking about little people mm-hmm. And I said, uh-uh, absolutely not. No, no, no. <laughs> we, do, we do not do that. No, absolutely not. And I just took off. I didn't. I was not listening to that story. Not in the woods. Not ever. Because we don't do that. And I was like, we gone. And I was like, just gone. Because I was like, I ain't, mm-mm, mm-mm. You don't talk about them. You, mm-mm, mm-mm. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. He mentioned LP one time. And I said, nope. Absolutely not. And I was gone. I was like, I'm brave enough to walk through these woods in the dark by myself. <laughs> I'm not listening to somebody talking about them in the dark. No, I was gone. I said, come on, Joshy, we're done. Let's go get a Big Mac. <laughs> what did you say? And then I'm like, okay. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just oblivious. It's funny. Yeah, he didn't get to tell that story because I was like, nope, nope, nope. No, she cut him off quick. <laughs> quick. Well, I'm glad you did, honestly. Yeah. And I'm glad you guys made it out alive. He, the tour was like, I'm glad you guys survived. And we were like, did we? Did we survive that? <laughs> it was a good experience, but it was scary. So what you got for us today? So I was going to talk about um, the conjuring, the conjuring universe. But I think I'm going to save that for a talk for our next episode, just because of our time. Uh-huh. So I'm going to jump right into it because I wanted to talk to you guys about Thomas Divide and the unexplained stuff that happens up there. And I know both of you guys know Thomas Divide. 
um, if you're listening, if you're one of the 13 listeners and you don't know what the Thomas Divide is, it is um, just outside Cherokee, North Carolina. It's literally on the outskirts up on the Blue Ridge Parkway. There's just been a lot of lore around it about flashing lights. It's this unexplained phenomenon that people really don't have an answer for. So before I go into like really what the theories are, I want to know what you guys have heard or what you know about Thomas Divide. I kind of have a weird story about Thomas Divide, actually. Tell us. Um, so me and my friend, we were in, either we were in high school or we had just graduated. I'm pretty sure we were still in high school. Anyway, we went to Thomas Divide and we did the whole thing where you park and you got to get out of your car and you go sit at the picnic table um, and you see what you can see. So we didn't actually see any lights when we went. And I don't really know what my theory is around what the lights are. My first response is maybe they're cars or, you know, a house, maybe someone walking through the woods. I don't know. Um, but when we were there, we were outside of the car and, you know, we were doing, we were teenagers. So we were like kind of freaking ourselves out. Like you guys did at the village too, you know, just like, oh my gosh, what was mm-hmm. that? Um, and we were sitting at the picnic tables and we had left the car unlocked. So we had this strategy, like we'll leave the car unlocked okay. because, because if we need to run and jump in the car really fast, like it'll already be unlocked. We'll be good to go. Okay. So we were sitting there and all of a sudden we heard this weird, like rustling in the woods below us. And I was like, Oh my God. Like my first response, cause I'm like a super realist. is like, it's a bear. Like we're going to have to like get out of here because something's in there. And I heard some rustling and we heard some rustling and we were trying to like wait it out to see what it was. Cause we thought, well, maybe something just fell. And then it kept like getting, felt like it was getting closer and closer. And finally, like we got up, we sprinted to the car and the car was locked and we couldn't get into the car and we were freaking out and um, she couldn't find her keys and her keys were back on the table. So we had to like run back over there. And when we went back over there, it sounded like whatever the rustling was, was like right beside the picnic table. So all oh my God. is like she got her keys and like sprinted over to the car and we were able to get in. And that was kind of it. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a bear or if it was something. Us we shouldn't be there. I mean, it was dark. I don't think it was a squirrel. It was it was like midnight. So I don't know. Oh, my God. That's I mean, even even scary. if it was a bear, that's scary. Well, it's scary, too, because well, even if it. Yeah, if it wasn't a bear. I mean, it's scary because you're there like trying to look for scary stuff, you know? You go yeah. up there to be scared. Yeah. And I've been to Thomas Divide before and it's like, you don't really see anything. You know, it's just quiet and, and somber. I've never actually seen the lights that people talk about. Well, I've been up there, but only during the day. Part of my, uh, my, my to-do or homework is to actually go up there, do the flashing of the high beams or honk or whatever it is you're supposed to do when you're up there. Because I, re- I guess really there's no, from what I've read and what I gather from people that we know, and you, I mean, obviously, Maggie, you've done it, is that there's different things they say you're supposed to do. So it's on this overlook, you're flashing your high beams, or you got to hock your horn, and then all you really got to do is just sit there and wait. I mean, it's really just a waiting game until you either see something or you don't, because it's on those, it's on the mountains on the other side of the overlook. Where these like I don't know what would you call them like orbs or There's people call them orbs yeah I think yeah that just kind of um, move move along the uh, the mountain range or they stay in place. Um, there's really no rhyme or reason to their movement. Osh, do you have any experience? Have you done Thomas Divide before? Remember she told us that story about the owls. Was that Thomas Divide? 
right? I thought that was yeah. just up the parkway. Oh, I thought that was, was at Thomas Divide. No, it was on the way to Thomas Divide. Oh, yeah. But I've gone to Thomas Divide a few times. Like Maggie said, we go, like, we'd always go like, in high school and cut right out of high school. I remember going when I was little, like my parents took me. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's something everybody does in Cherokee. Like everybody's Austin's gone. parents are like, these damn kids won't behave. We're going to take them to the Thomas Divide. <laughs> <laughs> but the legend or the story, I guess, behind it is that what, I, what I've heard anyway was that they are, at some point in our history, our warriors, our Cherokee men, went out to fight a battle and they never came home and so those lights are the women out looking for their husbands but if you sit and wait oh. for a little while you'll just see lights they look like headlights like you would think oh there's a car driving over there but mm-hmm. they flash and they go away and it'll flash here and it'll flash way over there so they're not it's not really a car because the lights aren't close enough to be like well that car didn't get over there that fast and sometimes I've been there that I've seen multiple lights everywhere. And they're just floating around. And I've never pulled up and seen, just pulled up and seen lights. It's always after you flashed your lights and you sat there for a little while and then they come on. And sometimes you'll just see one or two. Sometimes you'll see a bunch, like seven or eight. And they're just so sporadic. They're just, it's almost like lightning bugs in the summertime at nighttime when you just see lightning bugs just everywhere. You know they're not lightning bugs because they're huge. And some lights are bigger than others. I've heard people talk about a light coming straight towards them. I have heard of people talking about, and I have heard of rustling down off the bank, off the mountainside. I've heard of it coming from the opposite side, on the like the o- opposite of the overlook where the road is, and there's a big mountain behind it. Mm. There's been rustling up there. Um, yes, the picnic table as well. I've just heard so many stories, and I've experienced things that you see and you hear. And it it really is scary, especially if there with just two or three people at night. It got to the point where I would go up there and I wouldn't even get out of the car. I'd just sit in the car and watch. And I'd be like, all right, I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> like, I'm not getting out. I'm leaving the car running. The keys are in it. If we got to go, we got to go. We got to go now kind of thing. Gosh, are you ready for when we go? I mean, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> But it is, it really is like, well, what is that? Like, you, There's no explanation because I thought being a realist, like Maggie talks about, those are the cars that are going to Tennessee. If there's a road over there. There's cars driving over there. They're never in the same spot. I've never seen them to where I could clearly justify, yes, that's a road. And there's cars driving over there because it's the parkway is not over there. There's no road over there. And these are the Tennessee mountains that we're looking at. And so I just, mm-mm, I don't know. I remember one time going up there and there was like five or six of us, like in a big Tahoe or Suburban or something. And we all went, we seen the lights and it was like, ah, right, let's go. Good enough. <laughs> and we left and we went, we were coming back down towards Cherokee down the parkway and there's tunnels that you go through. Right. And we got to one of the tunnels. There's also a, you know, like an urban legend or whatever that if you stop in the middle of that tunnel, turn your lights off. Like, and then turn them on, you might see something. We did that. We stopped. Because suppose you're supposed to hear a baby crying in the tunnel or whatever. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. And I remember, like, we were all in this car. We stopped. Or this suburban, sorry. 
and we stopped. Didn't see nothing, didn't hear nothing. We we're like, all right, well, let's go, you know, nothing. We get back to town and we stop and we get out of the car and we're like, there's handprints on this door or on this window. Shut up. Yes. And it was mm-hmm. a little hand, little hand handprints on the window. And I was like, why is there handprints on your window? And like, they didn't have like little kids or babies in their family to be like, oh, well, that would have been so-and-so's or that's my nieces my, or whoever. Like we couldn't explain why there were handprints on the window when we didn't see those handprints before. Like we seen them and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, it doing, it doing the, the, just reading up on it. Uh, you know, even though Thomas Abide is just right outside Cherokee on the parkway, there's really not a lot of research on it. And it's really not very well known, which I was surprised to hear about because, you know, we've all grown up knowing about Thomas Divide and y'all have been up there. I haven't because apparently I am a chicken, but <laughs> You know, it was interesting to know. So I wanted to look up because I know, especially Maggie, Maggie's a realist here. So I was like, well, has there been any other theories about this, these like dancing orbs that people think it might be? And I read a theory called ball lightning. And apparently it's like this rare and unexplained phenomenon where these like luminescent spherical objects are, are produced. I really can't figure out like how they were produced because they're saying scientific data on ball lightning is really scarce because the presumption of its existence is dependent on reported sightings, like reported public sightings. But how many people are going to publicly report seeing dancing orbs just out of the you know, out of the blue? So it's really interesting the things people are trying to come up with to explain these orbs. But uh, Thomas Divide was initially what I really wanted to cover in our first episode. Um, me and Osh actually attempted to go up there. I think it was like back in April. Do you remember this? And uh-huh. uh, the parkway was closed. <laughs> it was closed. And Maggie's like, oh, yeah, it's closed. After we told her. Yeah. <laughs> and to put it into perspective, I mean, from town in Cherokee, it's like a mile from Cherokee. So like any of us could drive there in like 15 minutes and be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it was one of these things I wanted to cover. So part of my homework is. I'm going to attempt to go see the Thomas Divide Lights, uh, depending on Asha's schedule, because I'm going to make her come with me. And we're going to report on it in our next Healy Queens episode. And I know I'm not the only one that has seen it, but talking about Rattlesnake Mountain, because, you know, there's the story of Utana. We have a legend called Utana, who's this giant snake, and it lived on the mountains. It's a giant snake. It's a big, um, what do you call it? Like a... It's a horned a, snake. A horned yeah, serpent. A big shiny, I don't know what you would call it, like a, I don't know if it's a ruby or emerald or something in its uh, forehead, which I did watch a Lifetime movie that just came out on the Lifetime channel that was filmed at the village and here in Cherokee. And those people were in love and they were searching for the Utana and they found the Utana. A um, Lifetime movie? Yes. It was, on, and there were people from Cherokee in that movie. Yes. What? Yeah. It, What's it called? Oh. Let me Google it in just a second and look because it it was it was actually pretty good because it was all filmed here in Cherokee and you could recognize the places. Why have I Ooh. never heard of this? Never yeah, heard it, just, of this. it just I think it was like love in the Smoky Mountains. They found the place where the Utana thing was, the emerald, and but they didn't get it because they respected the Cherokees and left it. But anyway, to my personal <laughs> story. <laughs> okay. Um, going back to this movie. Um, yeah, we Ariel, didn't know what it is. Ariel Kebble, 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 I don't know what her name is. Maybe Kebble, who was in John Tucker Must Die, The Grudge 2, and um, 
one of those weird, the movies where, um, oh, Fifty Shades. She was in a Fifty Shades movie. So this lady was like a big deal. Like, why has no one heard about this? Is it on Hallmark or is it on Lifetime? It could be on Hallmark too. But for some reason, I watch Lifetime movies. So I'm just thinking it's Lifetime. But it could be Hallmark, the Hallmark channel. Is it called Love in the Smoky Mountains? Love in the Great Smoky Mountains. Oh, this movie was filmed at Abram Falls in Cades Cove, Fall Creek Falls State Park, which I've been there Mm, before and camped there. too, yeah. Downtown Knoxville, Townsend, Cherokee Caverns, the Dragon, and various Smoky Mountain hiking trails. And it was shot in Cherokee because I remember seeing a lot of places in the village. That is wild. But kudos to this couple for not wanting to disrespect the Cherokee and, you know, leaving the Utena. Well, they were wanting love, so. How do um, the Western Cherokee get res dogs and we get love in the Great Smoky Mountains? (laughs) (laughs) A Hallmark movie. So it is a Hallmark movie, not a Lifetime movie. I am strong. Dang. Now we're all going to have to watch it. It's wild how much, how, like, how much lore, how much mysterious stuff is in the mountains around us. And we just had no idea. You know, think about how vast the mountains are, you know, like, that's true. You can walk for hours and never cover even a portion of the land. And you know, what would be like interesting is to go to Thomas Divide and record it. Cause you know, when I was in high school, we didn't have cell phones that recorded like we do now. Like, I wonder wonder if we could record the light. If we see the light, then record them. If they would show up on our phones. We need a GoPro. We have a GoPro. My brother donated it, one to the pod, um, but we just never go anywhere. So he's been really disappointed we hadn't used it. I'm like, we're going to start using it. Well, yeah. maybe, you should, maybe you should take it to Thomas the Bot and record the lights and see what it what it shows. You mean, you mean we? <clears throat> yeah. Because you said you, like, I'm going to go up there by myself. Oh, when we go, you should bring Thank the you. GoPro. <laughs> so even Good. if it's true or not true, we don't know. I know that I have seen the lights multiple times. There is something out there, whether it's scientifically explained or it's supernaturally, we don't know. So if any of the 13 of you guys who are listening with us have been to the Thomas Divide, uh, what, spooky experiences, seen anything unusual, hit us up. Let us know. Um, what, do, what, are your, what do our kids always say when they're trying to get people to like and subscribe to their YouTube videos? Hit like, subscribe, uh, make sure you watch the end of this video. like follow and subscribe yeah that's it thanks for watching today guys thanks for listening